Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 87 of Frame Skip. I am Austin Eller. I've got my my two buddies tonight. We're we're two down, but we've still got the three of us, and that's uh, that's good. We'll make for a good show. Still, we're joined by George. I, I'm honestly really not even sure. I you told me this the last time I hosted. I'm really not sure where we're at with your middle name, Loftus. <laughs> What's I, going I, on, George? I forgot what I said last time. Uh, Brady <laughs> announced he was retiring today. Yeah, that was a bit, that was a big moment for me. I thought, you, for sure, I thought for sure he's going to come back for one more year. Really? <laughs> well, like he didn't lose the game for for Tampa in like the playoffs, right? Like he was down yeah. twenty seven to three, and like he came back and tied the game. So yeah, I thought for sure he still had another year. But uh, according to reports, it seems like his his family, like his personal life, was kind of taking a toll for the amount of time he had to mm-hmm. to invest in his football career in the off season just to make sure he was ready for the actual season. So it makes sense. Um, yeah. For for this episode and this episode only, I'll be George Tom Brady Loftus. Okay, George Tom Brady Loftus. How's it going, George? It's going, pre- <laughs> going pretty well. Going pretty well. <laughs> you had a good week? I had a great week. Yeah, uh, I, I, I got a, uh, getting a job offer in the gaming yeah. space. I'm very excited to be back yeah. in, in that little in that little pool, that little swim pool, with my little yep. feet and my floaties. I'm excited. Well, I'm going to offer you, you a, a second job, George, which is Frameskip's best boy. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I accept. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Are they, wait, the, the pay I'm, is very I'm, low. There is no pay at all. I'm no benefits. Nego- I was about to say, I'm bad at negotiating. What kind of bennies are there? What, what, are, what are we working with? You get to be on this podcast. You get to be on Ugh. this podcast. Well, hot damn, sign me up. <laughs> We're also joined by the coach, Kyle Newman, with his Cowboys hoodie on. How's it going, coach? It's, it's going good. You know, going back to Brady, I was hoping yeah. that Brady was going to come out and say, I'm not retiring, and I'm playing at least one more year, just so those clowns at ESPN could be like made even more looking like clowns. Adam Schefter trying to say Brady's retiring before Brady even announced it. Like, let the dude have his moment, right? Give yeah. him the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm stepping down. I thought for sure he was going to do that and play another year out of spite because wasn't Schefter the guy who did the Deflate Gate? stuff <laughs> so like to have him announce that Brady's retiring and Brady's being like what the hell are you talking about you're wrong I'm here for another year like that would have been just these balls are the still cake. fully inflated buddy we're, yeah. we're still going yeah I'm going to San Francisco <laughs> move it. over Jimmy it sucks to be replaced doesn't it Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so it, it's been a it's been a fun week uh sports wise oh dude sure. the last for two sure. weekends have been the best yeah. football in a long time Probably the best of football is going to be for a while because there was a new lawsuit announced today by Brian Flores, which yep. I think is going to blow up the Giants. I I am so curious to see what happens with that. Well, you know what? This podcast is not about football, so let's talk about some video games, boys. Wait, uh, wait, wonder- how are you doing, dude? Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. You know, I'm just working <laughs> and, and existing, uh, you know, walking the earth as one does. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been busy. We're, we're kind of short staffed at work at the moment. So it's been, it's, it's been a little, little, little tough around the office the past month or so, but it's, it's all right. I've been, I've been holding in there. That's pretty cool, man. You know who else walks the earth? Jesus. Tom Brady. Uh, the incredible Hulk. 
The Incredible Hulk also walks <laughs> really? around the Earth. Really? Yeah. Well, he could jump. He could jump around the Earth. He could like. He could yeah. accelerate. He's his, walked his multiple movement. Earths. Yeah. Yeah, but multiple he does a lot. Does a lot of walking. I assume. <laughs> Um, I wanted to start off this week, you know, we normally do our, our games we've been playing, but you guys have both been playing a, a huge new release that I actually have not been playing. As far as I know, I'm like one of the few people who, uh, to go back to five seconds ago, who walk the earth that have not been playing this game. And uh, that is Pokemon Legends Arceus, not Arceus. Is it Arceus, really? Yeah, it's Arceus, yeah. Okay. But <laughs> you say it however you want to, dude. But yeah, you can say it however you want. However, I'm, best, rolls I'm off the best the boy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So I wanted yeah. to kind of hear your guys' thoughts. I know, I know um, Elijah has also been playing it, and he actually sent in a, a a little quote for me to read his his brief little opinions on the game, and I'll I'll kind of read that, and then we can jump into um, you guys' thoughts. But he basically just said, this is exactly what he said. He said, after about 10 hours with Pokemon Legends, I can safely say it's the most fun I've had with Pokemon in a decade. The catching mechanics are great. Seamless battle transitions, incredible. And I'm really enjoying the boss battles that you as a character have. This is such a refreshing take on the Pokemon formula. And then he said he'll have more to say next week after he's put more time in. I mean, you guys agree with him? And, and what do you guys what do you guys think about the game so far? Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's a pretty fine video game. Uh, okay, so like huh. so the, I, I'm the sensing the some like controversy here. This is like uh, behind the scenes uh, <laughs> on our Slack <laughs> this weekend. Man, uh, I was like kind of like hammering it into this game, and uh, Elijah, like of all people, I did not see this coming. He was like staunchly defending it, and like he just you know like sent that quote to Austin. Uh, he's a really big fan. I like so much about this game. I I genuinely like playing it most of the time. But man, like it just looks like butt. Like I think it's like such an ugly game. And I understand like, oh, it's on Switch hardware. Like people don't go to Switch because they want high-end graphics. I'm like, yeah, no, I get that. But also like, I don't know, they might have outkicked their coverage on this one. Because like, I, I just don't understand how you can like release a game in 2022 with like textures that look that bad. With character models that look that bad. With like just really like boring animations and like the the first hour of the game first two hours of the game is like maybe the most boring hour of any game i've ever played in my entire life like it is like such a bad intro and it really made me reevaluate my stance on like like we as gamers just focus so much on the endings of games like oh man death loop was pretty good but like it really fell apart but like man the intro to death loop was like top tier like a good game intro to get you hooked i think is severely underrated and Pokemon Arceus is just, <laughs> it's the most boring first intro to a game like I, I can remember. You know what game has the best intro? Rogue Squadrons. It just lets you play, baby. Beggars can No. <laughs> uh, Twilight Princess? Hello. Oh, God. Uh, Andy is literally playing yeah. that in the background right now. And... Um, for some reason, look, I adore that game, but that that the first hour of Twilight Princess first two is hours. dreadful. Yeah. Yes. Just absolutely dreadful. And like you didn't, you didn't like herding goats or whatever the hell no, you were doing? No. <laughs> and I didn't like going and finding the damn cat or whatever it is you have to do with a fish, and it's like, oh god, uh, no. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I mean, coach, what do you what do you think? I, okay, I think you're a little so, more positive than George. Well, th- here's the thing. I had the biggest squirrel moment, right? Where 
uh, I, 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 pl- I have about 90 minutes in, right? And then I just jumped headfirst into Breath of the Wild again. So I'm just like, I'm feeling like a dirt bag because I just spent, you know, 50, or 60 bucks on this game. But I know at some point I, I'm eventually going to play it. But anyways, I made a comment in our conversation that we had with Elijah and, and about the game. And I said, yeah, the intervention. Yeah, right. <laughs> I said, it's sad when Tales of Symphonia on the GameCube looks better than this game. Right. And here's the thing. I will say this. Um, I'm late to the party on Pokemon. I am really late. So I'm like the 10th hour kind of guy. But my first game that I really beat was uh, Let's Go Eevee. And I was shocked with the art style of Sword and Shield. I, I don't understand why they went backwards. Right. Like. I, I don't understand that by Game Freak. And you can't. Pe- I guess people that support them say, well, you know, they're handheld and this is what they're used to, which I don't know about that one. But yeah, Eevee, let's go Eevee and, and Pikachu. Those look good. Those look clean. That was like yeah, um, really pretty games. That was like uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 type of clean, like just really solid. And why they went away from that, I don't know. I honestly don't know. So, um, but I know this is a game that I could really get into because there's a lot of exploring. There's a lot of, I I like the fact of what you can do with each Pokemon and um, as far as the research aspect. And I look at this, I'm like, okay, if I really get into this game when I do, that's going to help me go back and play the others because I'll like, I'll understand more about the different elements and and the move sets and all that stuff. So, um, I, I see where Elijah was coming from with the gameplay he enjoyed, but I mean I'm not a, to the extent with George that it looks like butt, but it looks close to butt. You know, like yeah, it's not even a pretty adjacent. butt. Yeah, it was butt just- adjacent. <laughs> I mean, I guess this is my question then, and, and Coach, you'll you'll have a good comparison because you're playing it right now. But how does it look compared to Breath of the Wild? I'm just curious because it's that game obviously has gotten a lot of comparison uh, with with Legends Arceus, with it kind of being I, I'm not exactly sure if it's open world, but it's got a similar art style and um, does look relatively similar. So, I mean, does it does Breath of the Wild look better, or, or are they about the same? Or you know. It they're very similar, you know. It's similar, but there's just something about Breath of the Wild, right? That um, yeah. Nintendo has been going towards that. I mean, remember when we had um, when when they shook the world before the internet, right? Um, it was uh, Wind Waker, right, with the shell shading, cell shading, right? And then they went back to in Twilight Princess, but then with um, What's the game you're playing right now? Skyward Sword. Sword. They yeah. kind of went back to that, right? Yeah. And so they've yeah. been slowly getting to that point where they are with Breath of the Wild. And um, there's a few hiccups, but we'll see um, what happens with Breath of the Wild 2. But yeah, I mean, it is kind of similar, that anime animation style. Um, but yeah. Yeah. This game is making me get like hyper-specific about what I do and I don't like about it. I've got some notes here. 
Uh, I like the aesthetic of the game, but I don't generally like the art direction of the game. If that makes sense, like all like the yeah. the way you interact with the game, I think is just kind of like also ugly. I like the combat, but I don't like the controls during the combat. Like I, I think the combat is generally fun because it's like a traditional Pokemon battle with like an atypical move set that you have. Like I had a little Cyndaquil. He didn't know tackle. He didn't know Ember. He knew quick attack. And I'm like, what? There's no growl. There's no leer. Like there's no like defensive or like offensive buff move. Like that's interesting. Um, but like it's a little complicated because you have to like fight Pokemon while like moving around and doing like active time stuff as the trainer. Um, I like the scope of the game. Like it's like a huge, like super ambitious and story. Uh, but I hate the pace of the game. Like the way they dole it out to you, I think is so slow. I like the physical size of the game, but like, you know, it's supposed to be like this giant open world, but like, it's still like really segmented into like different areas. Uh, like I, I genuinely think it's like fascinating, like how divisive this single game has like made me about like individual components of it. I'm going to keep playing it. I'm really enjoying my time with it, but man, there's like a lot of problems and I'm like really glad that they did it with Arceus first so that when uh, Pokemon Legends uh, Lugia comes out, oh man, it's going to be great. Or a little, little Zapdos will be. action, a little, little Pokemon Legends Entei. You know. I guess my question, I mean, do you guys think this is what they'll continue with? I know this is, I guess, what Game Freak has been working on since Sword and Shield, I'm assuming. Do you think they'll kind of continue with this different like type of game, or, or will they kind of bounce back to the more traditional stuff? I don't know. They've got like three different continuities, right? Like they've got like whatever the next main Pokemon is. Mm-hmm. They've got the Let's Go series, which like I have mm-hmm. to assume they're also going to be doing like a silver and gold remake in that style. Like that would be pretty sick. But then when they remade Diamond and Pearl, they didn't. So like, I don't know what that means for for that style, which stinks because I really like that type of game. Uh, I don't know. Like I can totally see this being the future of, of Pokemon, like in addition to like the, the main traditional games. But also like I remember thinking XD Gale of Darkness was really cool on GameCube, you know, like. Uh, so I, I don't know, like they, they seem like they're really eager to experiment in different styles, but also pretty okay with just like jumping off that whenever they want and just do going back to doing their own thing, like going back to the traditional well. Yeah. I'm honestly kind of at a point where I'm like, I'm not convinced that we're ever going to see more of let's go. Like I, I kind of feel like we're not going to get any more of that. Um, and only because. I feel like they were kind of riding the the Pokemon Go wave with that. And I know there's still that community out there, but I think it's really kind of fallen off a cliff the past couple of years throughout the pandemic. Yeah. And so I'd be curious to know if they like try to do that again or or if they focus more on, um, I don't know, maybe maybe they just remake Heart Gold and Soul Silver or something. I I'm, honestly, I'm not sure, but Which, um, I'm like, yeah. I'm also playing Diamond and Pearl, too. And like, man, I hate. I hate the game's aesthetic so much. I hate the chibi style. Like, I guess I don't understand because like coach is right. Like I think, Hey, or like, let's go like looks great. Like, I I think that's like a genuinely, like everything works together. And I love being able to like see the Pokemon in the wild, like the, the way you can um, in those games. And like going from that to like the remake of diamond and Pearl, where like, it is just like an old game with like a new, new coat of paint, but I just don't like the, the, you know, shade they used or whatever. It's it's tough going back to that game. And like 
Arceus does a really good job of like giving me something new and giving me something compelling. And I do genuinely enjoy it. But like I said, there's also a lot where I'm like, oh, I wish this were anything but what it is. I was, <clears throat> I went to lunch with a couple buddies yesterday and he, he was really into um, Arceus. <laughs> but I, I was talking to him about um, Brilliant Diamond because he was playing Brilliant Diamond and he made the, uh, the statement of like a lot of his friends, a lot of people are asking, why didn't they just remake platinum? You know, why, yeah. why the other two, why not just, cause I guess platinum's the better version of the two. Yeah. Sure. Drastically. Drastically. Yeah. So why not remake platinum? Like they got to stop doing now that we have DLC, they, they need to stop. Well, I'm not one to tell people what to do. Right. But, it, it would seem to me that do You're the better teacher. one. Well, I don't tell <laughs> students what to do. I, I'm not do like, your homework. Learn. <laughs> That's that. Yeah, I know. Math. Hey, you learn. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, right? But um, with DLC, like, do you really need a sword and a shield anymore? Like, I, 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 I get yeah. it. They're trying to milk it, right? They're trying to make money. That's what they're there for: is to make money, right? right? But um, but that I think that's a good question. Why didn't Game Freak no. remake Platinum? Which I think people pretty much feel that that's the the better version of Diamond and Pearl. I mean, just to hit that point for a second, I know that game's been out for a few months, but I, it's fascinating. And this is why I just didn't buy them as much as I mean, Gen Four was pretty much the first Gen I played. I I didn't ever actually surprisingly play um, Gen One, Two, or Three as a kid, and so. Gen 4 was like kind of my introduction to Pokemon. And that's why I like just completely adore. Um, I think Pearl was the first one I got. And then Platinum just took over my life for like a couple of years. Um, but the, the, the thing that really bothered me with those remakes, and hopefully we'll see this kind of change in the future, is that when we got, um, when we got Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and then eventually on 3DS, we got Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, they were still two separate games. You know, it was still Heart Gold, Soul Silver. Yeah. It, you know, it still had two games for that those remakes, but they added in the content from Crystal in in Gold and Silver's case, and then from Emerald in in mm -hmm. Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire's case. So, um, even though they were still called Ruby and Sapphire, they had Emerald's content in it, and they actually added on and, and added a ton of new stuff into the games that weren't even in the originals. And this one. Diamond and Pearl, it seems as though I haven't played them. So maybe, George, you might have more to say, or, or uh, I know Elijah has played a little bit of them. But my understanding is they're just pure Platinum and Pearl. They didn't add anything from Platinum whatsoever. And there's no, there's literally nothing that they've added to the game. It's basically just a, a graphical upgrade, which is very disappointing coming from Harkold and, and um, the Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire games because they were all phenomenal. Yeah, but not disappointing for Nintendo, right? Like that's kind of been their MO on Switch. Right? Like you look at yeah. like the Mario All-Stars pack and it's like they're like Mario 64 DS isn't like the way I want to play that game, but like oh. I want to play that game, you know? Like well just like having the option to like play like this crazy version of the game that has Wario, that has Yoshi, that has like all this stuff in it that wasn't present in the original game. And like that was there and they just chose to not re like remember it or like even honor. It. It's like, dude, this was a launch mm -hmm. game for like your, one of your most successful consoles of all time. And like, you can't even 
give a nod to people about it. Like, it's just weird where like Nintendo seems a little disinterested in yeah. preserving their whole history and just interested in preserving, uh, you know, the select parts that let them make extra money. And like, I, I don't know, like, who am I to tell them to not do that? But also it's like, well, it's just kind of like a bad look, I guess, you know, like I'm, I'm personally yeah. disappointed like whatever that means. Like I still bought right. those games. So it doesn't actually matter. So let me ask you to this game freak as a company, do they, are they the type of, of development studio that listens to the fans and, and, and updates the way the games are made and played throughout time? Like, when they hear, okay, this is there was issues with this. So when they do the next game, they kind of fix those. Are they just like set in their ways and they're like, no, we're going to go this route? Honestly, I mean, from I what I've seen that. over the past few years, no, I, I think they're very much so like, this is what we're going to do no matter what the public thinks. And I, I think that's a very, very poor way to go about it, especially after Sword and Shield. Um, and and just all the backlash those games got. I think uh, again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll kind of update Arceus and and um, you know whatever future games they make. Maybe they'll learn from some of the complaints. But I I personally haven't seen that because I know for me, <clears throat> even though Let's Go Eevee was my first Pokemon game, my first mainline game was Sword and Shield that I played and beat. Right? It was actually Shield and. I loved it. Like, I enjoyed it. It was easy for me to get into. It was like a, uh, you know, the old Macintosh where they say it was user-friendly, right? That game was user-friendly for me because this it's like a whole new science and way of things that are, it's a whole new world, right? So I'm just trying to learn, like, I mean, what, what, can, uh, what, what can this plant Pokemon be? You know, like trying to see who can beat who, right? So yeah. with Sword and Shield, I was fine. And I guess I feel like what uh, Elijah feels about Arceus is that the graphics didn't bother me. But I could see how longtime fans of the series, they're like, yo, what's going on here? You know, like that one uh, scene where, and this was on Twitter, where the it was one of the uh, legendaries at the yeah. end where yeah. it just turns. <laughs> Yeah, it's and like turning and the off. legs aren't moving and it's, it's just like rotating right. and then it walks away. Yeah. Like tank <laughs> controls from Resident Evil or something like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, come on, man. We're, we're like in the 2020s now. I mean, it's, it's, it's time to like push yourself, you know, like do things that are, are special, right? So. Yeah. I, and I just, going back to that, will they change? I really hope that Nintendo, that they're figuring out the, the, the frame drops, the frame, the frame skips in Breath of the Wild 2 that we got in Breath of the Wild 1 with the grass, the wet grass with the sun, you know, that t you know things like that. I hope that they're able to, to fix that because the system really didn't get any better since 2017, right? Yeah, a little bit better well, battery, but at least Game Freak, it seems like maybe they've they kind of figured that out. I I don't know if the frame rate is bad in the full game, to be honest with you. But I just remember seeing that very first trailer for Arceus, and it looked like a slideshow. I mean, it the the frame rate looked bad, and from from what I've seen, at least it seems like they they kind of figured that out in development. So that's that's a good sign. 
um, for this game, at least. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, coach, to your point, like this is something Seth and I have talked about on the podcast before. I think it was on an episode where it's just the two of us. But like, man, on Game Boy, like there was very few games that were as like impressive as. Uh, Pokemon Blue, Pokemon Red, Pokemon Yellow. Like those games were huge. They managed to fit so much into it. And then like silver and gold come out and then emerald on on color. And those just completely blow like red and blue out of the water. Like those guys used to like define what was possible with a with a console, with, like with Game Boy and Game Boy Color. And then with Game Boy Advance, it was still like incredibly impressive what they were able to accomplish. And then honestly, ever since DS, like I think it they just kind of like started settling. You know, and then like black and white, I think looks like butt also. Uh, but that's just like, I just don't have like a fondness for the DS graphics. But, like that game is incredibly ambitious. Like what they try to accomplish in that game is really, really impressive. I just don't think it looks good, which is probably like, that's like an art direction thing. That's not like a, like a failed accomplishment thing. You know, like that's just like, oh, it's not vibing with me. But like, man, they used to just like swing for the fences with every release. And now like it's, it's got the, the Pokemon sticker on. It, it's probably going to do all right. Right. So you just got to ask yourself, should games have jaggies in 2022? No, no jaggies. No, the answer is yeah. no. The answer is no. All right. The answer is no. Yeah. One so, final thing before yeah. we move on. Um, the way, like, Pokemon was my gateway drug to RPGs. Like, it was like baby's first RPG for me. And it was so good and so, like, enjoyable to play where I, like, had a hard time playing other jrpgs like in particular because of pokemon you know like i kind of took me a while to get into final fantasy and i'm still slowly like getting more more comfortable with it uh which is really funny because like now it's becoming more of like an action game so i might have missed the boat on like traditional jrpgs but i wonder (laughs) if this is going to be like baby's first like monster hunter game right not that it's like is it not going to be not that it's which which monster hunter monster hunter stories right isn't that what monster hunter stories is similar to i haven't played monster hunter stories so i'm not sure and like obviously it's not like a one-to-one comparison right between monster hunter and 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 arceus but like it's definitely a step closer to monster hunter like to my understanding i played a bunch of like the monster hunter try on on wii that was like my game and uh, yeah, it's it's got like a lot more in common with like that sort of philosophy than like traditional Pokemon games. Like, I wonder like if this is like the uh, the stepping stone. And if it is like, I wonder how pissed Capcom is going to be, you know, or if they're going to be grateful that there's like, a, you know, like an elementary version of their game to like, oh, and when you're done with this baby nonsense, you can start playing like the real games uh, called Monster Hunter. Or if they're like, dude, what are you doing? Like you're making... <laughs> You're taking our thing and you're making it like Pokemon skin. No one's going to give a crap about our stuff now. So I think that's going to be really interesting down down the road. George, I do got to ask you, you City Bot Monster Hunter try on the Wii. Do you still have the controller? Because remember, it came with the controller. I bought it used from oh, okay from GameSpot. Yeah, I still have that controller. Man. That is like when you play the virtual console games. All oh, that the, the D pad on that controller. The classic controller. Oh no, I still have the classic, like the one with the handles too. Yeah, like, I like that one so much more yes. than like the Super Nintendo stuff. Oh, definitely but, by far. Man. Wait, was that made for Monster Hunter Try? I think so. It I came out. Say that was the yeah. It came I out. I want to say that was the first one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I still have that controller. It's out of my basement. I need to. Yeah. As soon as like it's spring and it's not you know fifty degrees in my basement, I'm so excited to like actually 
go to town down there. I'm going to set up a gaming room, a little comic room. Ugh, it's going to be the same room. Spoilers. When, but you, I'm uh, so when, you, when you christen it in, you got to let us know. We'll fly out there. and yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We'll be there. Yeah, right? yep. Read a few words. I yeah. will. Uh, <laughs> Austin, it might be the same weekend as your wedding so like make make oh, some okay. different make some choices okay. as to where okay. you really want to be uh, well we were going to go to maui the next day but i could i can cancel that flight yeah, we could come to maine yeah. instead yeah andy will understand <laughs> i mean maui maine a lot of the same letters yeah yeah right right <laughs> flip the flip the u that's an n yeah no, you'll, it, it's, it makes it makes sense yeah so um there's honestly nothing really i've been playing that i, I really want to talk about i've been playing more skyward sword hd which um i've been enjoying and and that's good so um yeah, nothing, nothing really I want to add there, but just to kind of give my my com- comment on on what I've been playing. But we did have a, a couple things we wanted to talk about this week, and um, George, I, I kind of wanted to start off with you, you had the the uh, NPD numbers for twenty twenty one the 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 I'm assuming the best selling games of twenty twenty one, and uh, yeah, we'll just kind of run through them and, and and talk about how shocked we are that. If I had to guess, a Call of Duty game is number one and potentially also number two. And so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We will see how that goes. All right. Um, let's see. Taking a look. Uh, this is from VentureBeat reporting the NPD sales numbers. Uh, let's see. Number 20, Forza Horizon 5. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number 19, Mortal Kombat 11. Interesting. For twenty right. Number for so that's been out for a few years, right? Wow. Well, I think it had it like a remaster for new consoles. Didn't okay. It? Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Number eighteen, Back for Blood. I'm shocked that that game sold above Forza. Honestly, <laughs> you're shocked. Get get ready to get shocked again. Number seventeen, baby, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. <laughs> wow. That people saw that Sora DLC and they were like, "Oh man, I love Kingdom Hearts. This story sucks, but I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> play as Sora." And- in, in what a time to jump on what a time to jump on yeah um let's see number 16 assassin's creed valhalla yeah i could see that since there was no assassin's creed game last year people people buying it i need to buy that game still game's too big it's too big yeah that's what i've heard they have 15. changed that oh sorry go ahead oh no no please i was gonna say they have changed that series drastically and i don't know if it's for the better or not I thought it was like, I genuinely love, I think origins is still my favorite. Like, I just love seeing how like the brotherhood started. Um, Odyssey is like a perfect video game. Like they announced like that wonder woman game at the game awards. Like, screw you. We already got one. It's called Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That game's magnificent. That game is huge. It took me like 150 hours, but I hundred percent of it. It got all the trophies and stuff. Like it was great. Um, But man, then I got Valhalla, like, you know, Two years later, and I'm like, I'm still a little hungover from Odyssey, so I need to wait a little bit. That game's enormous, but like walking through the snow and stuff is really cool because like the snow sinks. It's nice, good touch. That is nice. That is nice. Uh, number fifteen, NBA Two K Twenty Two. Yeah, I'm actually like kind of disappointed with the the Two K games recently. Yep, I grabbed uh twenty, I think, like at the beginning of the pandemic. That's like, oh, yeah, we're only going to be shut down for three weeks. Yeah, I, I could spend three weeks getting into a new game. And man, that game just like makes you spend so much money. It's ridiculous. It's horrible. Yeah. That's why I got uh, out of it. Uh, yeah, good call. I've been playing like NBA 2K, like the original 2K on Dreamcast. That one's great. That one's awesome. The 2K series just in general. Number 14, Animal Crossing New Horizons. 
Wow, that's nice. Still, still a good pandemic game. We're still in the pandemic, and it's still a good, yeah. good game to have. Sure is. Uh, number thirteen, Minecraft. Honestly, lower than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> and you know what's hilarious is they still have not made a native PS5 or Xbox Series X version of that game. Oh, it's still PS4. Yeah, and and incredible. One. Like I, I would, I'm shocked that they haven't done an upgrade. That is pretty incredible. Uh, number 11, Far Cry 6. Okay. And yeah, now, another, now another game I haven't played. Um, it's... I played like two hours. Man, I was looking forward to that. I love Far Cry. I've got the Platinum in every single one except for two because that Platinum's like legitimately insane. Ugh, Far Cry 6 was so boring. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I, uh, I love 3 and 4 and I have the Platinums in those. But... After four, I kind of fell off and I tried to get into five a few months ago and it just didn't really grab me. So um, I was excited for six and then I never bought it. But maybe maybe oh, one day when it's like 10 bucks. Five was awesome, man. You're it's like Heaven's yeah. Gate, Waco, just dealing with like these crazed yeah. religious fundamentalists. It was awesome. That game was so good. Uh, like, I got yeah, I got the Platinums in three, four, five. I got in Primal. I got in New Dawn. I'm super pissed that like they're remaking blood dragon as part of the DLC for six, but like, there's no platinum trophy that like, that is like, such Oh, that mistake. sucks. That is such a mistake. Yeah. <sighs> God, Sony buy by Ubisoft and fix them. Um, let's see. Number 10, super Mario 3d world for switch. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I guess that was last year. I forgot about yeah. that. Number okay. nine, this one, it says should be higher because digital Xbox sales are not included. But MLB The Show 21. Wow. Round of applause. Man. Beat out 2K. Beat out FIFA. And there were some you know, issues that's... at the beginning, so that's surprising, but that's good. Yeah, and those are good games. They still make really, really good games. Um, I, I haven't played it in a couple of years now, but they're they're really well-crafted, I, I think, compared to Madden and, and the, the 2K games. I think, at least in my opinion, I, I think The Show tends to review pretty well and, and tends to be a little more polished yeah they're also getting a little ridiculous with their microtransactions too though yeah they all are yeah it's out of control it's i'm starting to think like like there's so many things when i was a kid i was just like oh that's not really a big deal oh that's not really a big deal and then like the older i got i'm just like oh no like that was actually kind of a messed up situation i'm not talking about like my own trauma i'm, I'm talking about like other stuff but like man when i was a kid and younger i was just like so what just don't buy it like it's not a big deal you don't have to buy the microtransactions you don't have to buy the packs it's not a big deal and the older i get i'm like no it's like bad it's actively bad that that stuff's there the game is like revolving around you purchasing these things like it's bad design it's predatory and it's oh yeah big time bad but 22 is going to be on the switch yeah yeah, man, that's amazing that it was like the ninth best selling game and it was half this like the digital sales weren't counted on Xbox and it wasn't even on Switch. And so like that game success is like really making me wonder, like, are we sure Microsoft is going to pull Call of Duty from PlayStation? Are we absolutely sure? Like, I know they said like it would be a down the road choice, but like, man, if MLB The Show got this popular because it was also available on Xbox, like isn't part of the value of Call of Duty, like the fact that it is everywhere. Like that game, like Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out on Mac. Like that's how everywhere that game was. I had a friend in college, this guy named Eves, who had like a G4 and he was running it on his G4 Mac. Like it, like that thing was literally everywhere. 
can Microsoft afford to pull this from PlayStation? Yeah. I actually don't think they can. No, I'm I we talked about this a few weeks ago, but no, I'm I'm in the same boat. I I, I don't think they're they're going to remove it from from Sony devices. Number eight, Resident Evil Village. Ooh, wow. That sold surprisingly well for a horror game. Man. Yeah, eight, for, eight for eight, baby. Um, awesome. Number seven, so close, Mario Kart 8. Oh. The game that keeps yeah. on giving. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's still, the, is it the, the number one selling Switch game? I'm pretty sure it is still. I think oh, it yeah. has to be at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. With Animal Crossing. Uh, number, number six, Coach, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good game. God, I so love good. that game, man. The okay, my favorite part is when you get to be inside his mom's home and how mm. it makes you just feel like the culture. To yeah. me, that was like one of the best parts of the whole game was being in the house, the record player, everything, man. That they did such 10 out of 10, but anyways. Well, that and like you actually felt like you were safe at your home, you know, <laughs> like like it felt like a warm place to be like with your mom. It was God, it was really impressive. Yeah. Um, if I put a gun to your head, Austin, what do you think is the number five selling game of the year? Um, if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. If you told me, I wouldn't believe it. Was it? Can I can I do like a 20 questions? Was it a game that released last year? Yes. Oh, it was. Um, honestly, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I have no idea. Coach, if I put a gun, if I put a gun to your head and said you won't believe what the number five best-selling game of 2021 is, and you knew it came out that year, what would you guess it was? Number five. Yeah. Halo. No. Monster Hunter Rise. Okay, no. Uh, <laughs> Battlefield 2042. Oh, oh wow. I that. Um, yeah. yeah. The most broken-ass game of the year. Didn't they? Aren't yeah, they thinking five. about making it free-to-play now or something like that? I, I saw some. Yeah, I, I read that, too. Absolutely insane. What a blow. Wow. Yeah. What a blow. And How like, do you apparently, do they're that? adding in scoreboards. Yeah, because they launched without that. <laughs> Which should have been in the damn game at launch. Yeah. So are they the same developer that did Battlefront? Yeah. Okay, yes. did you hear there is a game breaking bug with uh and they, and they I don't think they've fixed it yet. But you can get to where you have 1 HP and it won't you won't die. You'll never get to 0. So everybody oh got into this game and they're just hacking away at everybody. Like of course they're making fun of uh EA, right? But yeah, there's this bad bug where you can't die now, and some of the um, in in some of the online stuff. Man, some of the uh, the team death matches I've been in make a lot more sense now. Kylo Ren just sticking around way longer than he should. Ugh, what a mess! I still love that game though, and I'm really sad we're not going to get a Battlefront three. Apparently, that game series is just cursed. Only you can only get two forever in perpetuity. All right. Uh, number three. Wow. Sorry. Number four. Uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Yeah, that's not too surprising. Does it say how much? It's... How many copies? Or it does not. No. Okay. Oh, I'm interested to see how many how much how many copies that has sold and compare them to uh, the other Pokemon games on Switch. I think we're getting up to like the 
sevens, eights, nines, twelve millions of, yeah. of units this far up on the list. Uh, number three, Madden NFL twenty two, and all kids. Austin, Austin, I, you little you, you little shot caller with two and one. Number two, Call of Duty Black yep. Ops Cold War. Yep. Number one, Call of Duty Vanguard. You know what's shocking to me about this list? What? Grand Theft Auto Five is not on it. Yeah, yeah, that is shocking. Yeah. Because isn't it typically on it like every single year? Or am uh, I just usually, mistaken? No, I believe you're right. Yeah, it usually is. And it's super weird because they've been giving away a million bucks a year for GTA. Yeah. or Wow, a million bucks a month for GTA Online on PlayStation Plus at the very least. Um, no, that's that's shocking. I'm not surprised at all about Call of Duty, though. I think that's, that's um, just not a surprise at all. I do want to play Vanguard at some point. Um, it looks good. It looks like a really, really good game. And I know Coach, you had said, I, I think, didn't you pick it up, Coach? And you played some of the campaign. It's really good. And I, George, I know you had similar comments. So um, that's a game I, I need, I to, I need I to get at some it. point. I loved it. I think the multiplayer was, was really fun around Christmas. It seems like a lot of people are jumping off. Um, I forget which game. Oh, Fabio was telling me last night that like people were way more drawn to uh, Hell Let Loose, which is like a, there was a PlayStation Plus game. Is. A couple months, like two months ago, maybe. Is it a and um, yeah, it is a huh. first-person shooter, and it's like a, a team-based um, team-based shooter. But there's like one person who's like the general who like isn't shooting, but like overlooking, almost like a project manager for like the entire team, like dropping supplies into certain like uh, like little platoons or whatever into squads. And like directing people, telling them where to go, saying like where the enemy forces and stuff, which like actually sounds kind of cool to like actually have someone in charge. And Fabio says like the uh, the multiplayer is great. He says like everyone like is like using a headset. Everyone's like playing the objective. Like it actually sounds like a yeah idyllic you know first person shooter experience. <laughs> yeah, I miss those days. I really miss those days of of. You know, you you would always get those kids online that would would shout ex- expletives and racist remarks that they shouldn't have been saying. But um, I, I miss the days of like hopping on Battlefield Three on PS3 and like actually getting a squad full of random people who all had mics and were like actually serious about playing the game and, and just talking to them and um, not worrying about a child screaming at you or or some idiot. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> keeping keeping those obscenities to themselves. You'd think with like PlayStation Five, yeah, we're on five. Yeah, that's what it's called. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah we're with like the the mic built into like the controller, like you'd think. But man, yeah, it's insane that it hasn't gotten any better. Yeah. So well, there we go. There we go. Um, I did want to hit a, another topic. This was a big thing that that was uh, happened this week. It comes kind of on the heels of. Microsoft buying uh, buying Activision Blizzard a couple weeks ago, and and that is that Sony has bought Bungie for three point six billion dollars. Uh, wanted to to kind of plow into this with a a comment from Alden. He's a, a good listener, fellow listener of ours, and um, he sent us something on Twitter, uh, basically commenting on the acquisition. And I, I wanted to read this off. He said. I'd like to say that Sony's acquisition of Bungie is exactly what the Sacred, Sacred Symbols crew, that's a, another podcast, has been harping on for several weeks now. If Microsoft continues to back Sony into a corner with their buying habits, this acquisition will not be the last Sony makes by a long shot. And then um, this kind of comes on the heels, too, of, of a comment from Jeff Keighley, 
saying, uh, I want to say this was today, earlier today, he tweeted this out, something about how, from his understanding, there are several other gaming acquisitions in their final phases that we should be seeing this year. And so that doesn't necessarily mean Sony is buying people, but there could be some some other ones in the works. And so just kind of wanted to to throw that out there. But yeah, I mean, they they Sony announced this on Monday, kind of a crazy thing to wake up to. But honestly, I wasn't too shocked by this. I think it's um I think it's amazing. I think it's fascinating to to think about the fact that they started off as a uh you know, their their bigger hits at least were were the first three Halo titles and then now they're a a Sony developer, but um yeah, I, I honestly wasn't too surprised. I think they've had a pretty good relationship with Sony, uh, with Destiny, and and so I, I don't think it's honestly too big of a shock. But I do think it fills a, a hole for Sony because they don't have a shooter at the moment, and I think this kind of fills that hole. I, I think this will I mean, be, a, be a great space for them. Yeah, but how does it fill a hole? Like, they're going to remain multi-platform. That's yeah, true. Like it, That's true. They're gonna it, the Bungie's gonna re, like they're an independent studio that just owned by Sony. I think was like the wording I, I heard. Like they get to publish to every platform they want. That includes Xbox. That includes PlayStation. That it might even include Switch down the road. And like if this is like all part of something for Spartacus or like their rumored Game Pass competitor, like that's that's one thing. But. I don't know. Uh, I think it's great. I'm glad that like Bungie's secure. You know, I really like them. I think no one's made like a game that feels better to pull a headshot off in than than Destiny. And uh, you're you're totally right that like there's no more kill zone. There's no more resistance. There's no more. Was there another shooter on PS3 that I can't remember? Starhawk. That was, that, was, that was third person but you know like there's like yeah like those games aren't being made right now so like i guess this does technically count it, it's oh, kind of like on, how, hold on how, hold on george i have to stop us there how did well, we forget it, mag okay mag of course yeah <laughs> god we're the we're the actual worst but this feels like remember when disney acquired star wars and it's just like oh my favorite disney princess is princess leia i'm like yeah, yeah but i mean no you know, like it feels kind of like that. Just saying like, oh, my favorite Sony shooter is Destiny. It's like, shut up. It's not, you know, that's you're, you're being disingenuous. Yeah, well, and I know that there were some people that were like, oh, yeah, this is this is Sony reacting to to Microsoft buying Bungie. It's not like this is this stuff has all been in the works for yeah. so long at this point, like four, five, six months. <laughs> like it's just they have nothing to do with each other. Think um, about how long you have to like mentally prepare to like buy a TV, yeah. buy a couch. Like, think about how long it takes you to decide when you're ready to spend yeah. $650. And like, you think they're just going to throw out, was it 3.6 billion? Yep, yep. Yeah, you think, you think they're just going to swing the bag at that? Like, come on, man. Of course, this didn't happen. It's not reactionary at all. Yeah, Sony execs last week didn't say, oh, man, what are we going to do? Hey, let's go buy Bungie. Okay, call him up on the phone. Hey, bro. You know, hey, we hey, want to buy you. We're yeah. gonna buy you, <laughs> Mr. Bungie. <laughs> you know, uh, been a little crazy news last week, right? So, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, and uh, that's just why you know things are are uh, they're gonna change and they're gonna continually change. But as long as we get the good games, then t- to me, everything's yeah. good. I want to get like a whiteboard. Uh, you guys, people listening can't see me, but uh, Austin and, and Coach sure can. I got like a wall right right next to me, and I just want to hang up like a whiteboard 
And I just want to like keep a tally of like all the acquisitions that happened this year. So we can like refer to it on the podcast. I think that would actually be like prudent because like, like Jeff Keighley said, like, I don't think this is the last of it. And like we talked about on the podcast, like, I don't think Sony's doing this because they want to. I think part like they're doing this because they feel like they have to, you know, because it's like, well, Microsoft doesn't seem adverse to to acquiring studios and or like full publishers, you know. So who's going to yeah. buy Yacht Club games? Microsoft? Nintendo? Nintendo. Nintendo. No, but seriously, I could see Nintendo doing that. Probably Kickstarter uh, since it makes them so much freaking money. Wasn't Shovel Knight uh, only on 3DS and, and Wii U when it first came out? If I'm remembering correctly, I think it was. I don't think it was yeah, on anything possibly. else. Yeah. So I don't think they would actually do that, but I... Yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll just go on Kickstarter and it'll, it'll we'll log on and it'll say three hundred thousand dollars donated by Nintendo. Well, it's weird, but like that would actually like that would make sense, you know. Like honestly, Sony acquiring Bungie to me doesn't make sense. I'm not seeing like the whole board, you know. I'm not seeing all the X's. I'm not seeing all the O's. But like Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard doesn't really make sense to me either, unless like they did it just for like PC Game Pass. Um, then I can like I guess kind of understand it, but like. I don't know, between those two, and then like Nintendo acquiring Yacht Club games, we're not reporting that, because we're three dudes. Uh, My sources are telling me. Yeah, okay, but like, that at least like, (laughs) makes sense, right? Like, isn't that, doesn't that studio just have like, big-ass Nintendo vibes to begin with? Like, that, Mm -hmm. like, that feels right, that passes the smell test, in a way the other two don't. Well, it's like the same thing with them acquiring um, Mercury Steam, because they had done, uh, they had done, um, metroid samus returns and then yeah. of course dread and so i mean that that made sense but yeah yeah and like sony um, acquiring insomniac made sense yeah. and like i guess even microsoft acquiring i mean bethesda games usually run better on xbox anyway but like i'm not going to say bethesda but like honestly yeah. the, the obsidian games like to some extent make right. sense you know right. <sighs> oh boy i'm gonna hang up uh, i'm gonna do a uh, a similar thing as you george and i'm gonna hang up a sign in the back that says days without acquisitions. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, no, I think it's interesting. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, either way, I still stand by what I said last time. I think that, that studios should stay what they are. And, you know, I, I'm still not a fan of this consolidation. Um, I will say at least Sony to their credit immediately came out. And like you said, George, they were like, no, they're actually going to stay you know, we might own them, but they will stay their own studio and their games will remain multi-platform and, um, you know, they'll, they'll still be able to do their own thing. And I think that was a smart, smart decision. I know Microsoft is not necessarily doing that with all the teams they've bought. Obviously, like we had talked about a lot of their Bethesda games that are on the way, like, um, Starfield are going to be Xbox exclusive. And so just kind of interesting to see that, that parody between the two. So uh, yeah, this is how all of a sudden we're, we're going to be seeing that Sony logo on an Xbox, right? Because like they yeah. said, it's going to remain multi-platform. But like yeah. if Sony owns Bungie, why wouldn't they flash their logo and just like have yeah. like PlayStation plastered on your Xbox? Like, I think I'm not saying that's like the right longer. thing to do. But like, yeah, I think I think it's going to get weirder. You well, know? because they they already did that with the, the show. When you play yeah. the show on Xbox, it, it does show a, a PlayStation PlayStation Studios logo. Um. And then on that same note with uh, Minecraft Dungeons, which is on uh, PlayStation, PS, yeah. PlayStation devices. If when you boot it up, it says Xbox Game Studios, uh, even on PS4 and PS5, which is just crazy. It's like uh, you would never 20 years ago, you would tell me, 
like if somebody could go back in time and tell me, oh yeah, you're going to see an Xbox logo on your PlayStation Four or Five game, I wouldn't believe you. I mean, that's that's like nuts. That's absolutely nuts. So I'm um, I'm curious to see where this goes. <laughs> man, uh, yeah, there was like a a story that came out I think last year, and I'm sure it's, it's like one of those you know like a meme or like a tweet or something gets like recreated like every six months, and it's like you're telling me a shrimp fried this rice, and it's just like whose turn is it this time? Um, but like there was a story I read last year where like DC Comics and uh, and Marvel almost swapped characters, like they almost did a trade uh, with She Hulk for Martian Manhunter. If you guys know who those two characters yeah. are, um, yeah. but like yeah. that's just so funny to me that it was just like a one for one, like okay, we'll let you have She Hulk and then we'll take Martian Manhunter, and so like that does like sort of beg the question. It's like all right, we'll let you have MLB the Show on on PlayStation on Xbox, but in return we have to have Gears of War on PlayStation. It's never going to happen because like that was a mandate from MLB to have the show on Xbox, you know. Um, but man, it's exciting to think about. And that's probably a podcast that you're going to hear in the next couple of weeks is like us actually trying to trade. But like, I want to do this like for real. Like I want to do like, you know, like we'll take Pokemon on PlayStation and we'll give you Jack and Daxter and a future third round pick, you know, like, <laughs> so like you can actually like, <laughs> like just like decide like which, which like small platformer you yeah. want to go through. I think that'd be a super fun podcast. Put Ape Escape on Switch. That's all I know. That's all you know. All yeah. Know. Well, I mean, honestly, if Sony's not going to do anything with it, freaking yeah. someone might. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. Speaking of Gears of War, you dropped mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Have you guys seen uh, Gears of War Tactics? Have you seen like actual gameplay footage? Honestly, no. I, I, I did Holy not pay attention to that game at all. Crap, dude. I'm telling you right now. Do yourself a favor some point tonight or tomorrow is just go on there and and look at gameplay footage. Don't look at the trailer because trailer they have the, you know, the cinematic whatever. Look at the gameplay. I was blown away. I know we're taking a left turn on the conversation. I'm sorry. But George, you you threw down Gears of War and it just popped because it was just like uh, this weekend. I was just messing around looking and I'm like, oh, good God. This is some of the best stuff that I've seen, you know, and it's a it's like um, XCOM. Yeah. But in Gears world and it just looks I'm just blown away. It is a jaw dropper for me. No, mm-hmm. I love this left turn. I, I think it's fantastic because I, I, I had actually been thinking about playing this game at some point um, because my understanding is I think it got a pretty extensive Series X upgrade. And I think it looks like really, really good on Series mm-hmm. X from my understanding. And I've heard the game itself is good. I've heard it's really good. It just kind of got overlooked. So and no, people that's, are a, that's saying a great point. What I, when I, I watched about an hour of different videos of it. And they're saying that this was, this is a better version of XCOM. They did things better, let's put it this way, than XCOM did. And I was like, okay, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I'll have to check it out. I'll just to throw it out. It's on Game, Game Pass. Yeah, it is. <laughs> George had to say Gears of War. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is my fault. Really. Yes. <laughs> I did want to end off because we had kind of touched on it earlier, but but um, Yacht Club Games, the makers of Shovel Knight, they announced a new game today called um, Mina the Hollower, which uh, looks kind of interesting. It's like It kind of looks like a, 
I don't know. Coach, you might know a little more than me. I didn't look at it too much, but is it an RPG? I think it might be an RPG, but it... Um, or is it more like Zelda? I think it's more like Zelda, okay. but it is fast. Yeah. And so so it, in, in our little chat, I said, right. um, when Elijah threw out the, um, the link, I said, this looks like a, a really difficult uh, top-down or 2D Legend of Zelda, right? So I mean, it looks fast. I mean, you're moving. You're doing things. You got enemies coming at you. Yeah, yeah and I, I am looking at stuff now. And it's, yeah, it's certainly kind of a, a Zelda-style game. And so they announced this today. And, and I think kind of the most interesting thing is that they decided to return to, to Kickstarter for the the title obviously for those that don't remember shovel knight started off as a as a kickstarter game and was super successful i think it's one of the few few kickstarter games that actually worked out pretty well at the end of the day um but yeah i mean they they returned to kickstarter for this and just in the time we've been recording it's got a three hundred eleven thousand dollar goal i would bet by the time this episode goes up it hits that um but right now it's at two hundred eleven thousand, and literally about 45 minutes ago when we started recording, it was at 177,000. So in the past 45 or so minutes, it's already gone up like, uh, what, like $30,000, $30, which is kind of nuts. Um, like 10%, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's getting there. It's only got about 100,000 left. But yeah, I just wanted to to kind of bring that up and and say I'm, I'm looking forward to it only because I, I love Shovel Knight, but I have to say it's a little strange to me that they returned to, to Kickstarter with how successful Shovel Knight was. And, and I know they, they did some DLC for that game and a couple other games they released on the side. I think it's very weird that they um, decided to, to crowdfund their, their next game. But maybe, maybe they just didn't sell quite as well as I'm expecting. I don't know. So. I... It, it Go seems ahead, weird because, like, how far? It's been a minute since, like, oh, check out this kick-ass new game that just launched on Kickstarter, right? Like, when was the last time you heard Kickstarter associated with a game? For me, I feel like it's been at least two, three years. What? Probably, like, I don't even know the last one. Was it like Shenmue? Like, that's oh, the last one I can think of, honestly. Aside also, from that, like... pissed, that pissed me off. Don't have like a <laughs> don't have a showpiece in like a Sony E3 yeah. press conference and then go on Kickstarter. Yeah. The there honestly there are only three kickstarter games i can think of shovel knight um bloodstained and shemu and, and like there have been a few others mighty number are, nine baby yeah, yeah see i'm not game, including that notorious. and there what was it there was that other game that the creator of that tried to make and then people got so mad that like they shut down his kickstarter or something do you remember that coach there was some the the creator of Mega Man, the guy that made mighty number no. nine he like right. tried to make some other game on 3ds it was red something, I believe. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was something red, and he was asking for like some crazy amount of money. Wasn't um, it was KG and Afune, But like, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, didn't he want to do something with a penguin too? Maybe Linux. Maybe. No, not. They <laughs> <laughs> wanted to make Linux. Uh, honestly, I do, I do not remember. I just remember he made some other Kickstarter, and there was so much backlash that it just went nowhere well because they used the funds for mighty number nine for this game it there was a lot of controversy with this. yeah that was a huge issue i remember that and has he done anything or is he was he kind of like blacklisted i think he released mighty number nine and nobody really liked it and then it he just disappeared kind of i i i haven't heard his name in years that was a disaster yeah 
So, but no, George, you're right. I mean, I, I literally can't recall the last time Shemu might be the last one that I remember launching on Kickstarter that people really talked about. I mean, I looked at the graphics today, right? I was really looking at it and the color palette seems very similar to Game Boy Color type of games, right? I mean, you see like little cutscenes, and and they look good, right? Where what, what they can show, I guess. But I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, it's not that I wasn't disappointed, but I'm not excited for it. I know other people are, right? But when I'm looking at this, I'm just like, really? I mean, like there's, I don't know. I just wasn't, I wasn't, um, I don't, I didn't feel good about the graphical art style, I guess I could say. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. I mean, the the thing is the Game Boy Color, not that it has a bad kind of like, um, like the games look pretty good on Game Boy Color, but I think it is kind of weird to to go with that style. Honestly, I think it's, it's a, it's a little strange that they didn't go with like the Super Nintendo. Or even like the, style. you know, the, a lot of people forget the Game Boy Advance was twice the power of of super nintendo so that's why if you if you put like metroid um super metroid and like metroid fusion you could tell the difference because of the backgrounds right the backgrounds in metroid fusion have so much more detail because it's more processing power and they were they were able to do that more bits right more bytes (laughs) so i'm looking at this i'm like uh, okay. Uh, well, well, let's just wait and see how it is in three years, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I think that that kind of about does, does it. Is there any, anything else anyone would like to add? I got some stuff to plug if that's cool. Yeah. Go for it. Go Do for it. it, bro. All right. Uh, this week on Shortbox Summary, I am super excited. Like one of my favorite uh, comic book authors came on the podcast let me pick his brain for just over an hour. And we got to talk about uh, four of his most important series that he created or co-created at Marvel during his time there. Uh, Sean McKeever, super cool guy, really nice, friendly. I can't believe he came on and all it took was me sending him 35 emails over the course of a weekend. It was, it was awesome. It was like genuinely insanely cool. That goes out. um, You'll be, by the time this podcast is out, you'll be able to hear it. And um, I think by the time this podcast comes out the week after, uh, I'm actually going on a friend's podcast. Uh, really, really nice guy uh, on Twitter at Fogie Bear, uh, F-O-G-I underscore Bear. He has a podcast all about Gundam and telling the the story of the series. And he's doing it in chronological order, which is like a really big, tall ask. And he's writing all these scripts. He's pulling all these clips and he's like walking people through each episode because it's kind of hard to access these episodes. And I am guessing on that we are talking about Mobile Suit Gundam, the 8th MS team, and I am just so excited. I love hanging out with this dude. Name's Jeff. Super cool guy. Uh, so look up uh, at Fogie Bear, Fogie underscore bear. And then also check out the show. It's called Operation Gundam History, and that can be found on Twitter at Gundam underscore history. That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that idea. Um, I I went on with him for Gundam the Origin, like the five part miniseries that like was the prequel almost to like the original series, and that was super cool. And it was just us, just you know, shooting the breeze for two hours talking about like these war crimes these people were committing in outer space. It was it was such a good time. Yeah, I'll I'll have to listen to that because we've talked about this on the show over the past couple of months. But 
I've gotten into model kit building and uh, and Gunpla, and um, actually watching Gundam is not something I've I've ever done. So I have no context to these <laughs> kits whatsoever. Um, it's like, wow, this robot looks neat. It's like, yeah, Austin, that guy's a Nazi. It's like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> yikes. So no, I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out, and and I encourage everybody listening to do so as well. So awesome. Um. Thank you all for listening, though. We'll we'll uh, see you around. Of course, until our next episode, you can find us on social media. Frameskip itself is on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at at Frameskip Pod. Uh, you can also send us in some some questions on those platforms, or you can find our uh, our question form at bitly bit.ly slash Frameskip Q. You can find us each individually on Twitter. I am at Austin J. Eller. George is at PurpleBird616. Coach is not on Twitter. Elijah is at LocoLizardMan. And Seth is at SethThe90sKid. Don't follow. Best, best decade. Best decade. Uh, Also, Coach has something (laughs) to plug, too. Coach is going to have a new kick-ass video on his YouTube channel by the end of the month. Right, Coach? Is that what I said? No, I'm just trying to light a fire what? under you. Oh, I'm like, I want to oh, see. No. I want to see you talk about Mario by the end of January. The, the, the paper Mario, not by the end of January. It's already February. <laughs> by the end of February, you got four weeks. Wait, wait, what's the what's the what's the video, Coach? I don't even know what's happening. What? I don't know. I don't I'm throwing him on the spot. I'm throwing him. I'm throwing him on the spot and telling him about all the stuff that he said he wanted to do. Yes. And I'm trying to light a fire, and I'm gonna I'm gonna help any way I can. I'll write some scripts. I'll I'll be there to soundboard. I'll be a little little wall to help you just bounce ideas off of. We're gonna do everything, coach. It's gonna be amazing. You're gonna get a video out by the end of the month because I know how much you miss editing. It's gonna be great. Well, I do, gonna be the, uh... I do have it. I did set up my Mac. You can see it right back there. Oh hell, I got yeah. a Mac oh, Mini. Oh, I got a Mac Mini too. Love it. Love Absolutely it. love it. All right. Well, in that case. We'll see you next week, and uh, we'll we'll catch you on Coach's video that he's going to have up on the YouTube channel at the end of the month. We'll see Uh-oh. you. All right. Peace. <laughs>